News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 36 of the Luke Macias Show. Today we have a fantastic conversation with Greg Brockhouse. He ran. He was the city councilman in San Antonio who ran for mayor and got 49% of the vote in his race. Um, phenomenal guy, local businessman, um, city council member, conservative voice, and uh, somebody who shocked a lot of people when he did so well even having a conservative message in a deeply urban area just down the street from me here in New Braunfels. And so we brought him into studio and had a great conversation. Honestly, if you're somebody who's thinking about running for local office at some point, listen to this podcast. If you're somebody um, who wants to know how Republicans and conservatives can start messaging in the urban areas, listen to the entirety of this conversation. He brings some amazing insights. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I'd love to get you straight to this conversation. We're going to go to a quick word from our sponsor for the week, and then uh, you will go straight to the conversation with Greg Brockhouse. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy, patriotacademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life-altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25-year-olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Macias show, I will contribute toward your uh, fee of actually attending. If you know a student that needs to go, that needs direction for their life, they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview, about free market economics, about the values that hold society together, and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community, our state, our nation need. So patriotacademy.com, we're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast, and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out. Please do so today. Welcome to episode 36 of the Luke Messiah Show. I'm joined here by uh, my conservative friend and uh, strong voice here in San Antonio, Greg Brockhouse. Greg, thanks for joining us. Nah, super happy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, thank you for uh, bringing me up this way so we could talk about uh, all things San Antonio, yeah, Texas, Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I know your backstory and a lot of people who might be listening to this know that you recently ran for mayor here in San Antonio and did, I think, far better than most people ever thought or expected. So why don't you, though, take some time just to give people kind of a background of what got you involved in politics from the first place and, um, you know, kind of what most recently you were working on. Sure, sure. Look, I've, uh, you know, I grew up in San Antonio. This is my town, my city. Uh, I went to high school here, John Jay, uh, ended up joining the United States Air Force after I got out of high school. I uh, did about 10 years and came right back to San Antonio. Yep. And I've, I've lived my entire life right around the SeaWorld area from yep. Lackland Air Force Base up to about SeaWorld. Uh, and I've done different stuff in my life, banking and, uh, and some small business startups and stuff, but my yep. life has kind of always revolved also around politics, whether I was running for uh, something at student council in the fifth grade or whatever it was, I've always kind of had this little bit of a yep. politics bug yep. to me, a government type bug. Yep. And, I've, and I've worked off and on in different things throughout the years. 
Uh, and as you know, when opportunities present themselves, uh, I said to you know, you, you never know when it's going to happen, really. Yep. Which is kind of the funny part, which is almost uh, uh, it's almost destined at some point uh, when when things happen. And 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 I had lost um, during the big mortgage crisis in two thousand eight, mm. two thousand nine. The the bank, the mortgage banking business went totally bankrupt, mm. right? We just yep. fell out. And that presented me with a golden opportunity. I said I could continue or transfer into some other sort of career, mm-hmm. or do some different, or I can get into politics and start spending more time in, in trying to make my community a little bit better in San Antonio. That community is that, like I said, that Sea World yes, area is where of. I spent my entire life practically. Yep. So uh, I, you know, I said let's go for it. And I started volunteering in, on campaigns and just mm-hmm. trying to get myself into anything, right? Any little opportunity I could to learn. It didn't matter yep. where it was. Yep. Uh, city council. Uh, working with a state rep, running on a political campaign, uh, giving advice to somebody, I mean, working on a website. It didn't matter what it yep. was. I wanted to learn first yes. to find out, you know, do I like this type of of work? And so I did that while still doing some banking, while starting up a couple of companies. Mm-hmm. And it kind of grew over time until I realized, you know, I was getting sick of getting other people elected. So I said, it's time to see if I can get yep. myself elected because I knew I loved the work. Um, it's just a matter of it's a different between look I love this work and completely yep. different from getting into it and being yes. an elected official and yep. and doing the job in that facet. So ran in thirteen, uh, kind of a setup run against an incumbent council person yep. with four years in. Uh, we we came out with almost forty percent of the vote. I don't even think I spent ten grand right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recognized at that point that I knew it was uh, kind of putting me in a position to say okay hey look this guy's interested in this. I uh, got my name out there. I grew my profile in the community. Yep. Uh, and then I came back four years later, and, and we decided to give it one more uh, shot on an open seat. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we ran away with it. And we, yep. we worked our tails off, and, and we earned the sixth uh, council district seat there in San mm-hmm. Antonio mm-hmm. Uh, in 2017. And I served uh, for two years. My term ended in uh, June of 2019 because I vacated mm-hmm. uh, in what many would have considered a super long shot yep. race. Yep. Uh, to try to unseat uh, Ron, Mayor Ron Nuremberg, uh, who was le- <clears throat> one of the leaders of this massive progressive leftward tilt yep. in San Antonio politics, which has been going on for a long time. And, and before we get to the mayoral run, I want to kind of go back to your your time on council. So you get elected to council, and truthfully, there's not really another strong vocal opponent to the mayor's progressive agenda. I, yeah, I don't mean yeah. to say that everybody voted with him every time. But there really wasn't anybody who was making a vocal alternative Not a, policy position. No, no, no. no. Clayton Perry uh, represents mm-hmm. the 10th yep. district. Um, a good solid vote, obviously, yep. good conservative. And um, and we, you know, we partnered on a lot of things, yes. everything from tax relief to issues with Chick-fil-A to yep. immigration issues. You, you name it right down the line, we partnered on quite a bit. Yes. Um, but look, I led a charge because I said to myself, you get that job. And I think anybody who mm-hmm. runs for office, if you're going to do the job, you might as well get in there and be who, exactly who you are. Yes. Any candidate I've ever worked with or advised, I told them that. I said, look, hit the ground running day one because you've been given a gift and you don't know when it's going to end. Yep. Like it could, two yep. years could be it. So I went in it full blast. And, uh, you know, I think I, I, look, I cut my teeth and made a name for myself as mm-hmm. somebody who was willing to stand up for it. And one of the things I learned that was very important um, that I never really recognized was all the work that the Democrats, right, the liberals, the mm-hmm. progressives were doing in these smaller races, mm-hmm. these tiny districts, these, yep. these municipalities, uh, that they were seeding these policy ideas in the lowest possible level. So when I got elected, one of the things that opened my eyes hmm. was these policies and programs that are happening in these tiny little committees, these subcommittee meetings we were having. And at that point, I said, man, I got to say something about everything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because if I don't, then we're going to get things like tobacco regulation, gun regulation, gun buybacks, yep. uh, you know, Second Amendment challenges, immigration issues. Uh, you, you, it's a climate change. Yes. I mean, you name it, they're bubbling up because yep. the Democrats, and I think my liberal friends in the world, have found a way to, you know, to put their policies and ideas at the mm-hmm. lowest, tiniest plant, a seed. Yes. And I said, man, I got to go after every one of them. So I spent two years... Uh, really being, uh, I, I think, look, an educated opposition. It wasn't just yep. somebody running around railing saying that yep. Democrats are insane and your your progressive policies are wacko. And it, I, no, I came at it from a standpoint of facts and really well-reasoned arguments. And I think I was successful with it and people so, really resonated. So I know uh, personally a couple even local officials, city councilmen and stuff like that from around the state that listened to our podcast and provided us feedback before. For somebody who shows up to local office, you know, and, and let's say in your situation, you show up in, a, in an environment where um, you're not going to be able to very quickly get a majority of votes on council for a policy that you want to True. advance, right? That's not an easy approach because if you show up and you go, okay, I think I can get this kind of coalition to pass this type of policy that I want to advance, that's one thing. When you show up in an environment where you are the opposition, what are some just different pieces of advice you have for somebody and, and even activists, right? So let's say you're an activist who's involved in the city and you might see one or two people that agree with you. What is an approach to take? How do you think people should almost organize their opposition? Does well, there, that make sense? You, you, you really classified two important pieces that I think people listening would need to be very uh, aware of. One is the elected official side of somebody who's outnumbered or in a minority mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, a loyal yep. opposition position. And then there's the community activist side of it, right? And I, I've, I've been blessed to do both. Yep. Uh, I led a charge in 2014 to stop a $450 million streetcar project. We collected yep. signatures. Yep. Uh, we, we, got an, we, we passed a ballot amendment for, uh, to change the charter of the city of San Antonio to prevent this in the future. I mean, we, we, we've done a lot mm-hmm. from the activist side yes. as well. So, but from the elected official side, first, the first thing I tell or advise anybody uh, is don't ever think for a minute just because you're outvoted doesn't mean your your thoughts aren't worthy, mm-hmm. uh, your policy ideas are bad. Um, because it, with what I found interesting is that in the city of San Antonio, it's like this everywhere. Yep, people are elected by such a small my a small tiny portion of voters yep. that what happens is these elected officials get stuck up in a bubble, and they think they represent the entire community. Yep. So point one, come to this knowing that you don't represent, even me as an elected official, mm-hmm. my policies and what I believed, yep. I was only elected by 11%. Yep. So I don't represent, I don't even know if I represent everybody. Yep. So I came at the fight with saying, hey, look, I'm going to live in the district. I'm going to under- I'm going to be at every neighborhood meeting. I'm going to have the pulse of who I represent. Mm-hmm. So I know when I go down there, I'm going to carry their message. Two types of politicians in the world one is the one that thinks I get elected to make the decisions for you. Mm-hmm. The second one is I carry the message. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you only can carry the message if you are living in the community. So point one is get out there and really understand right, yep. what your people want, the people you represent, yep. and then wrap your life experiences around it because they do elect you to, to mm-hmm. figure that out. And then I went down there and said, it's time to say something about everything. Because if you don't, you know, you, things will slip by that may seem like nothing at one moment in time. Yep but they're building on a greater policy approach, whether mm-hmm. it's a transportation change, a climate change, like mm-hmm. something as simple as we want to watch the tobacco age ended up being a building block for a climate action plan because they were worried about the air quality and mm-hmm. ozone. I mean, you never know what one point is going to lead to another. Yes. So the thing to also remember point two is just because you don't win a vote doesn't mean you didn't win the argument. Mm-hmm. 
there's a you, yep. you, ultimately the biggest scoreboard we have as elected officials is a public vote. Fifty yep. plus one, you win and you're out, right? Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean you didn't change the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So people will say, hey, Brockhouse, you never want to vote, which is not true. I did win a few votes. Yep. But the ones that I lost, I actually shifted the conversation. So yep. I prevented a policy from being absolutely horrible. Maybe it was tolerable, right? Because yep. I shined the light on it with my voice. And in doing that, people recognize, and I recognize, hold on a second here, we don't represent this community. Yep. We represent the 11% that voted us in, but the other 89%, that's untapped market and resource of knowledge. And I think that bubble really affects new elected officials is that they think they, they probably have a little bit more power than they, uh, than they really do. So I found success in simply pushing back and lessening the regulatory environment mm-hmm. of the city of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But trust me, that place is still... <laughs> a progressive liberal yeah. bastion like that yeah. place is so far off the rails but we beat some things back and they weren't as bad because we shined a light on it with our voice and like i said we came prepared to the fight 2.3 i tell anybody yep. come prepared read the yep. documentation know what's happening show up to those meetings and be ready to go because they are yep. the other side is it's uh your your point in where the discussion goes you know one of my favorite quotes, especially in just politics and narratives is the most important battle is what the battle's about. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the first one you get to have. And, and your point being that if you get to shape the debate and you get to decide even what position they're taking versus what you're taking, yep. you're driving that distinction. Right. And they might even have enough votes on council to win that particular issue from you, but it doesn't mean that you didn't get to decide what this battle was about and what the terms of both well, the winner and the victor were. It was were. pretty much just me. Yep. And Clayton Perry was with me, but I was yep. I was the vocal opposition, yep. which during the mayoral election, we found out San Antonio is a split city, right? Absolutely. So it wasn't... Yep. And I want to get to that it at wasn't, some point. Right? So I, think I was, that's on, the point. The, I was yeah. on the right track. Yes. Um, but we would come into it. So for instance, I fought for property tax relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my first term, my first budget vote, I just said, you know, screw this. And I came at, on, on budget day, I motioned with Clayton and, and I, we went for it to try to lower the rate. Yep. Why? Because at the end of the day, put your name on the vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's nothing more important than standing on your vote. So I motioned yep. and we we made him vote down property yep. tax relief. It's not a gimmick. Yes. It's a stand. It's a, it's a, it's a line in the sand. Second yep. budget year came around. We did the exact same thing. We motioned again to lower it and we included a homestead exemption because the mm. city of San Antonio doesn't have one. Yep. We lost. We, we did. We lost both years. But guess what just passed in the 2020 budget? A citywide homestead exemption. Mm, yep. So while in the moment it was getting beat down, we yep. planted a seed of people want property tax relief. Yes. It's, their, it's the biggest issue people complained yep. about. Again, city council, right? 11 percenters elected me. They're inoculated from what people really feel mm-hmm. about their city. So yep. I knew that property tax was at the top. Public safety is at the top. So we went after it, and yeah, we lost a couple of times. And then, of course, I'm off the council. They voted it in. Yep. Right? So the legacy was there because we brought the fight. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, anybody who's thinking about running or gets on there or does the job, don't ever think your, your voice ain't being heard. The reason it's not being heard is because you're not saying anything. Yep. I mean, at the end of the yep. day, that's the only reason why. Because yep. if you say it, and it's educated, smart, at least you put some thought behind it, and it's got some passion, people are gonna, it's going to resonate. Uh, and, and that property tax is a perfect example. And 
Um, they begrudgingly voted it in. I know they did, but that's yep. what the community wanted. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, you see a lot of that happening even with the gun control debate. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Democrats are coming out and Beto Rourke and these other guys said, I want to take your AR-15s and I want to do all this stuff. But the the to their credit, we have Republicans in Texas who now are putting forth their own gun control measures that are not gun confiscation, but are gun control measures that maybe Barack Obama was recommending in 2009. And, and that's a perfect example of where Democrats get to decide, hey, we need gun control. And now the discussion is which gun control measures should we or they drove we they pass, drove the conversation. Right? I, mean, yep. I mean, Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick yep. came out saying we got to figure out different type of background check issues yes. now. And yes. while and I don't know what the, the lieutenant governor's play is, right? Yep. I, I got to think there's a, there's a longer play here. There's a strategy in place, right? But <clears throat> the Democratic Party pushed that debate. Yes. So now we're in their sandbox. That's right. And we're dealing on their issues. So. While it may appear as though we're driving the debate, yes. in reality, that, that playing we're field not. was already set. That's right. Now, there are some things, I think, and, and this is what I'm hopeful for, mm-hmm. that, that the, the lieutenant governor and other people in the state are thinking about. Look, there are some things that everybody agrees on. So we've we got easy wins. We've got easy wins. But I always come back at it and I look at it and say, is there something on the books we, are, we already should be enforcing? Yep. Like, what are we missing? Yep. Because I can tell you right now. In San Antonio, there are things we have on the books and ordinances and, and regulations mm-hmm. that we don't enforce, mm-hmm. that we ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you name it, from immigration to zoning, it doesn't matter yep. what it is. Yep. There are things we are not doing that something pops up and then we try to re-regulate, right? Yep. Or, or, or try to add additional uh, regulation onto something yep. when I'm like, why don't we just enforce the laws we already have on the book? And that was one of my number one lines. Like, yep. Why are we reinventing this, or or let's be smart about what we're doing, and it, what's our impact point here? And what I see with the gun debate is huge. I mean, San Antonio tried to pass. We tried to we looked at this a, a while back when they tried to change the zoning laws mm. in San Antonio. We pushed back on it immediately because a yeah. lot of these things you have to end it in its in, in, infancy, yes. Yes. right? Like it, when it's a tiny idea, yes, that's when you debate it and fight it. Um, because once it bubbles up and it becomes the playing field. Okay, now we are done on the gun debate. Yeah. We are in the gun debate. Yes. So now we our options are pretty minimal at this point, which is, okay, how do we take the, the enhanced background checks, right? We all agree now that the corner of it is we don't want mentally ill people, right, yes. to have access to weapons. Now we're living in that. So now we're going to have to find a way to regulate around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the polling indicates 93% of the public or whatever agrees with it. But the problem is those laws and rules are already on the books. Yep. The background checks are there. These constitutional amendments and these rights that we've had since the beginning yep. of time. I mean, Democrats are even talking about, you know, constitutional conventions. To change. They're talking yes. about packing the court. I mean, yep. these people are not, yep. they're not sitting here saying, I got tiny goals. No. No. They're long I mean, range. And it, it, was, it was ironic. I don't know how much of the Democrat debate you watched. Uh, I watched it all, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's who I am, right? <laughs> so, like, so this is going to come out in, in a couple weeks. It will be you know, weeks after the debate. But I loved when Joe Biden is sitting there going, you know, Kamala, we can't pass an executive order that enacts those gun, gun laws. It's their constitution. You know, and he's going, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't want to do it. I just can't write an executive order just like Trump can't. And she's going, just say, yes, we can. And you're going, they know what they want to accomplish when you're watching and they don't even care joe biden can say constitutional scholars say this is not okay and they could care less and i'm not a biden fan don't get me wrong but i'm sitting up there like man this he is speaking rash he was rational in his thought process yep and 
they're irrational in it. So yes. the other thing I learned in local politics that yep. is seeped into the tiniest levels, right? Whether you're running for city council in Seguin or you're doing it in Dallas, Houston, or San Antonio, is that they are true believers. Mm. There is no yes. middle ground. There is no compromise any yeah. longer in those politics. So yep. when I dealt with my colleagues, and here's the thing I think that gets people, the Democrat is not willing to compromise. Mm -hmm. I, they're not. Yep. It, it, you either believe it or you are the exact opposite, meaning you are either a racist, you're anti-LGBTQ, mm -hmm. you're anti-whatever, right? There is no in-between. You are either with the Democratic Party on certain issues now, or you're absolutely a pariah. Republicans don't think like that. Mm. I, I, not in San Antonio, yep. right? Yep. They're willing to look at it and make that move from a leadership perspective that's going to compromise. Mm -hmm. And I think over time in Texas, that has got Republicans in a lot of trouble. Uh, and and now I'm not saying we go to the far right extreme and yep. we're absolutely guns blazing everywhere we go. But in this particular point, the Democrats have mastered the art of drawing the, the lines on the yes. ball field. And now we're all we're doing is going in between it. And what it has done is chipped away at basic rights we've all had as Texans mm. for decades. And now we're looking at it with a state house we're on the brink of losing. Yep. Um, we're going to, you know, they're targeting 12 congressional seats in San Antonio and across the state, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to pick up the 23rd possibly, unless we get behind folks like Tony Gonzalez, different people running mm -hmm. in that seat. Yep. They're going to pick up, I mean, we got Chip Roy's getting challenged by the yep. illustrious Wendy Davis. Yep. So we've got, they have a coordinated plan. And again, it's a small ball game we're playing, right? We're, we're, we're living in thinking we, we've got room to, no, we don't. Because you are either with them or you're not, and they will go after you personally too. I still, again, I don't see Republicans don't go there. So it's it's one of the most difficult time periods. I think. Look, 2020 is going to be the greatest political mm. year this country has ever seen. Mm. Um, but what that outcome is going to be, it, I think it's going to affect. I mean, we roll into 2021 as municipal elections again in San Antonio. Yes. So um, this is going to shape do, us for the next 10 or 15 years. One of the things I. I appreciate about the approach that you took both during your time in San Antonio and seeing these different combating worldviews is that there's there's a lot of people, you know, Republicans have their own identity crisis and they're trying to figure out exactly what to do about Beto coming within a couple points of Ted Cruz and now being worried about the momentum that Democrats seem to be getting and the energy that they clearly have, that we they, both they recognize. Clearly do. They yeah, do clearly, have the energy. Clearly. And so going to your point is there's there's a a group within the Republican Party and this is all across the state, I'm not naming names, that want to basically say, okay, Democrats are getting people on these issues, so now let's figure out where we can align with people in those same issues and, and try to win some of those people back. And going to your point, kind of saying, Democrats, you set the sandbox, and we'll go play in your sandbox and try to figure out how to win here. And there are some who say, I actually believe in my vision for Texas or for the nation or for a local municipality, and I'm going to pitch people the alternative. This is the sandbox they want to set. This is the sandbox I want you to be able to yeah, play. Don't, in. don't, don't ever and, play. And don't actually ever. giving the alternative compared to less of what they're saying, but it, it really goes into a mentality. If and I think this hits on what you've touched on, even in your time in, in San Antonio. If you only have one or two votes on council, the the lie that you might believe is that that means that only 20% of the people are with you. 
right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of politicians that do that. They look around and they go, well, only a couple people are voting with me. That means only 8% of Texans are with me. And you go, no, 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 no. You have to understand and have your finger on the pulse of who the people are and what they believe. Because guess what? If you will go give them the alternative, they'll rally around it. And I think that's kind of our segue into your mayoral race. Because I think that... That, that shows it. that it that the proof. is, is the, the truth, right? So you decide to run for mayor, and what was the general reaction that people kind of gave you when you first ah, jumped man, in? Man, you're going to get killed. No no yep. chance in, in the world. Yep. Um, no Republican's going to win. Yep. Um, and even though we're nonpartisan, right? And I'm not, I mean, look, I chose, there are issues that um, align closely for me from time mm-hmm. to time that yep. I may have a Democratic, uh, you know, I'm prog- progressive, but yep. there are some, I'm not going to go that far anymore, yes. but because that, that progressive wing is so far gone, I, yes. I couldn't even begin to describe that. But there are things that I align that will go right down the middle as well. Yep. So I thought, man, I've got some credentials here that will, will win Democratic votes, right? But as soon as I hopped in it, they're like, no conservatives ever going to amount to anything in San Antonio. You're yep. crazy. You've got one term under your belt. Not even that. I mean, I think I had yep. 18 months. Uh, impossible situation. You're not mm-hmm. going to raise the money. Now, I was blessed with some good outside support. Uh, mm-hmm. I stood strong on public safety, so the public safety yep. unions are with me, which is a whole other conversation about yep. how the Democrats and their their what they used to stand for is not any longer what they believe, mm. right? Public safety unions yes. and that stuff. They're long gone. But I had, look, good firefighter police support. Yes. Um, I had support from uh, a lot of folks in the business community as mm. well uh, that were kind of sick and tired of San Antonio's general yes. direction. I said, you know what? It's, it's We got to go now. Because I was really worried that if it if it went any further without a viable alternative, right, a viable idea. To your point earlier, I don't like to play in someone else's sandbox. I yep. don't I don't play on somebody else's field. Yep. I, I will have to from time to time because they've cornered me and laid yes. the groundwork. But everything I did, I always did with the mindset of you're gonna react to me. Yes. If you're reacting to them, it's over. I mean, at mm-hmm. that point you've conceded at some point. Um, and we, we're seeing that, right? And I, the lieutenant governor, and it's a perfect issue, the gun issue, right? I got to think there's a plan there, and I'm waiting to see, and and hopefully it's going to make sense to all of us because even in San Antonio, it matters now. It it was an issue during the campaign, the mayoral campaign. So this that's a those are perfect examples. But when I look at them, I say I don't care what it is. I just need to put myself in the right position that I'm putting the information out and I'm putting out alternative. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I got to be all right with a loss. Mm-hmm. I got, I'm going to hate it like there's no tomorrow. But I, yep. I felt my gut, having been out there enough, that there's there's an undercurrent. And here's the truth about the voting public. Unfortunately, I know like I came up one point short, right? Yep. I mean, 1,350 people go the other way. Yes. It's my race. Yep. Um, but I knew that at some point, people, the voters, have to be turned off just enough, right? Mm. to where they've finally flipped the switch and moved. San Antonio's mm-hmm. just not there yet. But what I did uncover and I figured out during the campaign as we began to rise and we started putting out the alternative was that people just needed a choice. And when, mm-hmm. and when given a choice and a set of ideas, right, they will, they will, I believe, oftentimes pick what's most important to them. And we know yep. what that is, their home, their house, their street, right, their water bill, their electric yep. bill. And I knew if I capitalize on those ideas and back to the basics of what government was, and here's yep. where the alley is, here's where the the, mm-hmm. the win was for me, almost there, was that I knew that they are spending, they're billions of dollars of spending, they're transforming, socially mm-hmm. reengineering mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. So I said, hmm, I think the argument is role of government, right? That's about mm-hmm. as basic as you can get in any yep. election. These are what we need to do and do well. Mm-hmm. Public safety, because we vilify police officers like there's no tomorrow. The laws aren't followed, whether it's immigration, border security, you name it, right? We're bypassing laws. We take better care of people 
who aren't citizens than we do our own citizens, right? We have homeless veterans. Uh, our crime rate's out of control. I mean, I knew that those things were issues that people were worried about. Can't get my yard mowed mm-hmm. uh, from the city median or right away. I mean, I knew it. So I said, you know what? That's the alternative. And as I got back to the basics of who you are as, a, as an elected official, as a government, you know, that people recognize that. And it, it began to grow and build and over time. And then, look, they came at me with everything they had, too. Again, back to what I said about Democrats versus Republicans. Democrats will come after you and vilify you to the ends of the earth. They will attack your family. Mm-hmm. They will tear apart your children. They will go after your character. It makes no difference to them, mm-hmm. right? Just because you may say, hey, look, I believe in traditional marriage. Well, watch out because now they're going to destroy the gra- mm-hmm. they, they went after Drew Brees the other day. I mean, yep. Drew Brees is beloved in New Orleans, right? <laughs> yep. You're going to get utterly destroyed, right? And a Republican's going to sit over there, a conservative person, try to match idea for idea. And it just doesn't, it's a different mm-hmm. playing field. So yep. I went after it, got into it. Um, look, the basics worked. Uh, people responded to the one on one care and concern. Um, customer service mattered. I mean, these yep. are all basic building blocks yep. of organizations, businesses, political yep. campaigns, government. Um, and yeah, I had to weather a hellacious attack that um, you, you, people would be like, why would I ever want to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, why would anybody ever run? But once I got into it, I recognized um, quickly that people appreciate choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and they appreciate the opportunity to say, okay, look, mm-hmm. I, I look at, I can see there's two differing views here for what mm-hmm. the city is, uh, for what we believe government should be. And it applies this way in every city. I don't care what size of it. It could be Von Orme mm-hmm. or it could be Houston. Yep. They're all looking for a viable opportunity to make a choice between two ideas. I was yep. blessed with a stark difference, mm-hmm. right? So I had the clear choice. Yep. Um, and then government also, the leadership also gives you some gifts from time to time. Yes. The political gods come down yep. and say, hey, look, we're going to put a few defining issues. Yep. We had Chick-fil-A. I got my Chick-fil-A yes. drink right here. <laughs> it came out. Um, and But people just weren't quite there. So it ended up 51-49, yep. right? Uh, but it was I think- a tough defeat. It was... It was but proud. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I walked away from that. About everybody's uncle texts me afterwards. Even Nuremberg, my opponent's supporters are like, dude, I never thought. Yep. You, the number one thing I get is you uncovered something hmm. that um, nobody knew was there. Mm-hmm. People sensed there was this restless unhappiness with um, the progressive agenda. Yep. Right? But people were concerned about it. And the more people learned about it, here's the learning point. The more people learn about what the progressive agenda really is, the more they understand how much it costs, the yep. more they understand the uncertainty, the more they the more they learn about the social change of the mm. family, of the lifestyle, yep. of your car, of all of it. The more they see that, the yep. more they're like, hold on. So I was able to pull a strong contingent of conservative support. Obviously, I won yep. it and won it huge. Yep. And then I was able to pull in a nice sizable portion of Democrats as well, right? Mm-hmm. I granted I needed one more percent of them, but yep. it's a lesson to be learned that I think if you bring the fight in a in, in what matters most and you shine the light back on, we talked earlier about the activists. Yep. I was successful in activism because I quantified people's real opposition, mm-hmm. right? To the to council members. Council members freak out, or elected officials freak out, they get 50 phone calls on an issue. Mm-hmm. It's 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 catastrophic. Like yep. a, a state rep, right now, if you pummeled a hundred phone calls into a state rep's office, they freak out. Yep. Like, what is this? Is this a, mm-hmm. is this a tsunami, tsunami of opposition? Yep. i got to learn what's happening here. Mm-hmm. This is bad. You know, and, and the city council member, you put 50 phone calls into their office or 50 signatures or a peti- tiny yep. petition, they're going to freak out. Yep. Um, and I think the pe- uh, people are right for it, man. And I, I don't think 
what I would, the biggest lesson is I don't think Texas is as, for, is as lost as it is, yes. especially our big cities. Um, but we're one or two elections away from yep. it being forever gone, yep. right? Like I was 9-2 on that council. Yes. And I still had 49% of the vote. So what that looks like is even after weathering their mm-hmm. horrific onslaught, I was yep. at a 49. Yes. So keep that in mind. And I think if we apply those principles and, and if the Republican Party to me across the state, and look, I'm student of politics. I love mm-hmm. watching it. And I yep. watch Austin. I watch it all. Um, we got to get out of playing on the other side's ball field, period. Yep. Um, and, and to your to your point, you didn't go out and say, hey, Ron Nuremberg has this progressive vision for the city, and I have a, a less progressive vision, right? You didn't say, he mm. wants to go this far. I just want to take a couple steps in the same direction he wants to go. You said, no, 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 no. He wants to take you in the wrong direction, and I want to take you in this direction. And this is what I see as the 100%, future of 100%. And I just, I didn't sit there and say, well, look, I'm going to, and a lot of times a, a, a political consultant or an elected official, somebody running for office will say, well, I have to co-op. Mm-hmm. I have to take some of their talking points. Yeah. They're almost in the right mindset, in my opinion. It's not that I need to co-op their talking points because mm-hmm. back to the gun debate one, right? Uh, we're looking at that and we're probably saying, well, look, we know background checks have 93%. Uh, we know the, the Democrats are after background checks. We can steal that point from them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, there's some logic to that. Yep. I'll take their point and, and their conversation. But what you've done is you've given them an inch, right? You, if, into a core value item. Yes. You can maybe, maybe do that when it comes to mowing schedules for state highways or something, yep. right? Like, you yeah. Can, I'll, 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 I'll co op you. I'll, I'll give on some of it. Yes. But some of these core value items, yep. you can't just, I'm going to move just a little bit and take their message. Because the truth is, when you try to co op, you're taking something that's inherently not yours, mm-hmm. right? So you become a champion for something that you never believed in in the first place. So yep. what I did in, in my race, I said, look, stick to my hardcore facts and points. And no matter where he went, I stayed on mine. Yep. And if anybody watched that campaign, he lived in my... That's I mean, right. It was never the other way around. Yep. And when we... Look, heads up on it. We had polled him initially. Um, yeah, he's at 51 to 55%. Yep. Percent approval rating, right? Or, and his name ID is 70-something, low 70s. I mean, people knew who he was in Mary yes. San Antonio. I was at a 19, mm-hmm. and I had four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? We grew, and we grew because we understood I'm gonna, it's, all on, it's all on our idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a string of times there where I was throwing out these action plan items, mm-hmm. and they're, every week is they're reacting, they're reacting, and that's when you know you're in the game. Yes. Um, and even when he did something or came after me with something absolutely horrible, right? All his, their attacks were personal. All mine were ideas. Mm-hmm. Even then, I stayed on the path, right? So again, we're talking about people running for office or getting engaged. Or yep. How do you take the next big step? Number one, I probably wouldn't advise anybody to run yep. after half for half a term as a first yep. termer. I mean, that's a, yep. that's a, but I think San Antonio is was in a world of hurt. Yes, um, and I think the argument needed to be made, right? And so, I would advise you also when you when we're looking at people saying, how are we going to affect that piece, right? Like, how am I going to beat back any of that? It's just go to what and who you inherently are, mm-hmm. and put those ideas on the table. And I think when I did that. Um, and I didn't ever compromise it. I, mm-hmm. I never once did it. And people get a little bit upset with me because they'll say, well, why'd you go to the Stonewall Democrats meeting? Yes. To get an endorsement. I said, why wouldn't I? I mean, I'm going to go walk in there and tell them exactly what I think. Yep. I'm going to tell them exactly what I believe. 
And I did. And I mm-hmm. showed up and begrudgingly they accepted me and we yep. walked and we talked and walked out. I said, have a, have a great day. Yep. I didn't get the endorsement. Like yep. it was our, it was, they basically had the <laughs> yep. cards printed for my opponent. But I think we got to get into that kind of mentality mm-hmm. and, and nobody gets cast aside. I mean, yep. I'll, I'll go into the toughest room and that's the other point, right? Like during that campaign, I went into the most ardent oppositional room to me that could possibly exist. I mean, and because their perceptions are all wrong. That, that's the other piece, right? Like the Stonewall Democrats, if, they same thing. They thought I was one, and these people's mindset of the voter mindset is so narrow because of a lack of information that the mm-hmm. minute you sprinkle some ideas and mm-hmm. information on them, they respond. Yep. Maybe not always to what you want, you, but you uh, you mentioned the realities of you know republic conservative ideas are not as dead in the urban areas as some people think, but we also have just a couple cycles to actually. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, deal with that issue or they're just going to be kind of forever lost in your in your words. If, I know you know San Antonio specifically, but I want you for a second to kind of think of um, what might be able to be exported into Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, some of these other, um, you know, city centers, Austin. I guess we can I kind of put them somewhere else. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but those urban centers, like what are a couple universal either issue sets messages or or things that we should be looking at as conservatives to message in these urban centers like what, so, what what is the plan what's the game plan what do you take away from the greg brockhouse for mayor campaign that can be exported into some of those urban centers well uh, crime and public safety is always yep. at the top of that list so yep. you would be surprised um it look it's the it's job one of any elected official mm-hmm. i don't care if you're the president of the united states yep. the governor of texas or yep. greg brockhouse in district six said in san antonio public safety matters it's always job one and it's a good di- it's a good dichotomy. It's a good point. It's a good reference yep. point because the Democrats live in vilifying public safety mm. professionals. Like yep. it, it's their 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 life is going after cops. Yep. And screaming racism and all these other things, right? When in reality, we know that ninety nine percent of police officers walk this street are fantastic men and women and yep. do the job. So there's always a huge yep. piece. And the big municipalities that are run by Democrats often yes. have a particular characteristic set to them. Mm-hmm. They have crime issues. Yep. Bar, I mean, they always have issues with crime. Yep. It's, you can look across the nation. When you look at the biggest run municipalities mm-hmm. in the nation, they're run by Democrats, and they often have very basic problems. You can't afford to live there, gentrification, and crime. Mm. Yep. They're, it's almost universal, yep. right? So it's because of their overreach. I'll get to that in a second. But I think public safety matters, um, and, and it's a safe spot to be in. Plus, you also bring in support from police officers and firefighters. Yep. Um, and Democrats don't want those unions anymore. Mm-hmm. And people, so the Republican shies away from the union, but I think we, the Republicans have kind of, sh- they have a different mindset when it comes to police officers and firefighters. Yep. So don't forget that. Yep. I think you can embrace that. And they oftentimes have financing and manpower to help out campaigns. Yep. So I think police officer and firefighter and public safety support is always huge. It always wins. Yep. It's something as basic as response times, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's the real response time? How long have you been on that phone call till I show up? Boy, someone's gonna... Someone's going to respond to that. Um, and then I think there's this affordability factor that I see as the next, uh, it is the next issue. Well, the Democrats and the progressives in San Antonio are already on it, but it's it's the affordability factor, mm. right? Yep. So here's the affordability factor conversation I think plays well in Dallas, Austin, Houston, and is going to continue to play in San Antonio. The progressive liberal response to affordability is to put more cash into it, mm-hmm. is to pay it for you. Right, like I've got more incentives to help you. You mm-hmm. can't afford to fix the roof on your house. Let me give you twenty five thousand dollars so you can go. San Antonio's doing that. Hmm. 
They just passed a really a million and a half dollars. Oh no, excuse me, five million dollars to p- fix people's roofs. Really? Yeah, in the budget cycle, right? Um, or like take the homeless thing in Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we, these people need to be treated with compassion. Well, I agree with that. So mm-hmm. let's decriminalize trespassing. Yep. Right, because we're helping them. We're helping them, right? And it's what it's doing is it's destroying fabric, right? It's destroying mm-hmm. affordability businesses. So the affordability conversation for a conservative-minded candidates huge. So when you get into the fight on affordability, what you're talking about is property tax relief, fewer fees. Um, I know my dollars are going to things that matter most. Mm-hmm. And if you live in that realm, the, the progressive liberal, guess what they're doing? They're trying to find ways to raise taxes and take, mm-hmm. take more money. Uh, they're the root cause of gentrification, mm. by the way, right? You know what? You want to know why San Antonio is s- slowly becoming Austin? Actually, we're accelerating to become mm-hmm. Austin. Is because we took the principles of downtown development yep. and pumping hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, into incentives for affordable units that aren't affordable for the people they're allegedly targeting. Yep. It's insane. So yep. we're destroying neighborhoods. So you know, I had a as a as a conservative minded candidate, yep. I had great success when I went into neighborhoods in urban areas and said, "Look, your grandma can't live in that house next year because they're building this ten million dollar development right here because they want to they want to have apartments there that cost twenty five hundred bucks a month mm. for a family of three mm-hmm. or four. They're not going to afford it. Mm-hmm. So property tax relief always resonates. Yep. So public safety resonates." And then fees, utility costs, it mm-hmm. all resonates. So the biggest thing outside of public safety I encountered was affordability. Yep. And that, it, more than ever, is a huge contrast between the Democrat and the Republican, the conservative, the progressive. Mm-hmm. That conversation about, look, you're spending, it, you're out of control. You have daddy's keys to his car and you're driving 95 miles an hour up and down I-35. It is on. You aren't even stopping. You're, in mm-hmm. fact, you're going the wrong way on the highway. You're the wrong way driver. Yep. And, and when I came on, I said, hey, look, let's get back to the basics and let's live in that, right? And that sells in Houston, Austin. I mean, it's going to sell in Austin now more. Mm-hmm. Guess what the conversation Austin's having all day long? Mm-hmm. I can't live here. Yep. I mean, we've squeezed out longstanding minority districts, yes. right? The minority representation is suffering. San Antonio's down to one seat, really, mm-hmm. of a, from, from an African-American representation perspective. If they mm-hmm. lose that, we may never have that on the council again. Those mm-hmm. things matter, right? Yep. And, and people think that. And it's okay for a conservative Republican mm-hmm. to say, well, let's talk about the demographics and mm-hmm. who's representing us. It's maybe not a, a, a fun conversation to have, yep. but it does matter, right? Because that gentrification piece is a huge opportunity for us as fiscal responsible, fiscal responsible people, right? Yep. Tax cutters, right? Fee reducers, more yep. money to you, right? That is the winning, ultimately is going to become the winning argument because here's the truth. Eventually... They're going to push, and I think they're already there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the liberal progressive is on the edge of the tipping point because they think they're going to turn Texas blue. Mm-hmm. They're on the brink. I'm not yep. saying they're not. Yep. But they're going to do. They're going to overreach. And the minute you overreach, if you're the opposition sitting there, you have to be mindful, on point about what matters most, and and there with a thorough plan to make sure that you can count. And it's a great counterbalance. Yep. Like I want that argument in a campaign every day. If I'm managing a candidate, I want the argument versus big time spender, billion dollar programs yep. and property tax relief guy who wants to make sure grandma can stay in her house. Yep. And for far too long, that conversation was, well, I just want to cut property taxes and nah, 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 nah. the conversation became more, let's make sure that grandma can keep her home. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because the people that are getting priced out are the seniors, mm-hmm. are the people living on the edges in the $85,000 home mm-hmm. that the property flipper wants to turn it into a $450,000 house mm-hmm. in the next three years. Mm-hmm. And that's where you win. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get it out of the... And this I will criticize the Republican, the conservative mindset on, is we live in the policy idea. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. the policy idea is well, property tax relief and blah, 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 blah. Yep. The reality of it is grandma can't keep her house yep. because you're getting priced out by the ridiculous development yep. that's funded by the city of San Antonio because they want to create 7,500 new downtown households mm-hmm. or new downtown apartment units yep. at a cost of, I don't know, a billion dollars, mm-hmm. right? And look at Austin. Like our, mm-hmm. our neighbor to the north mm-hmm. has destroyed their affordability for the average Joe. Yes. And it's out of control. Right, yeah. their traffic sucks. Their crimes got issues. Um, that council isn't looking like the rest of the city any longer. I mean, yep. it's brewing with the perfect example yep. of how an anti-back to basics, logical, conservative mentality. Mm. Here's the truth too: the, the 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 neighbors that I would talk to, right, the Hispanic Democrat, right, the faith-based Democrat who sits there and says these are the things I believe. Mm-hmm. They're on the sidelines right now. Mm-hmm. Because they're not quite with the progressive movement, but they're still Democrats, right? So they'll still, still go pull the trigger for the Democrat. Well, they can't do that any longer, mm-hmm. right? They're not. They're no longer straight ticket voting, mm-hmm. but they're with them. But they're sick and tired of it. They're not mm-hmm. ever going to be Republicans, no. But what they are going to be is that. Remember that old Reagan Democrat mentality? It's drastically different than obviously it was. But the mentality, this sense being that, look, I I, I like those ideas because I'm a person of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm a Catholic. You know, I've been a long time Baptist. Whatever my answer is, I see opportunity in in that Republican mm-hmm. guy, or that mm-hmm. or that Republican woman. Mm-hmm. I see something in there, and you know what? That's gone too far left, mm-hmm. and that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. They're on the brink of too far. So, in my mayoral election, I really think, look, I'll be as blunt as possible. I don't think San Antonio residents were screwed over enough. Yep, that's it. I mean, yep. I, I mean, they just weren't quite done. But I think the next election they are, right? Yep. I think over the next year, what you're going to see is such a broad overreach across the state mm-hmm. because they're arrogant about it. Mm-hmm. And in their arrogance, they're going to overreach. And those of us that believe the opposite just need to be prepared with the mm-hmm. ideas, always pushing them when the opportunity presents yep. itself. Right? If you are a conservative in San Antonio... Conservative-minded person, retired business owner, teacher, stay-at-home mom or dad, whatever. What would you recommend they do? What are a couple things they can do right now, this year, next year, just to further engage in their city? Yeah, point one is uh, who, who, where the heck's my neighborhood association meet. Mm-hmm. That, that's point one. Yep, they're the. I mean, they're the building block, right? And and right, if you're if you're wanting to have an impact on a municipal level. The HOA is the place to start. The right? HOA is the place HOAs to start. have a lot of influence. It's the only place. Yeah. Not only do they have influence with yeah, uh, they are. Know, across the state, just from homeowner associations and property management companies and yep. all that, but they have they have influence in city politics. Yep. Every municipality cares about what the homeowners and guess what? The council person or state representative is gonna have somebody there all the time. Mm-hmm. They always show up. I don't mm-hmm. care if there's five people that show up to the neighborhood meeting. If that neighborhood meeting is on the schedule, mm-hmm. an elected official is going to have someone there do their best to get there themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty universal mm-hmm. practice of an elected official. Yep. So homeowner associations matters, and, and, and you got to get into those mix. And you got to find out who the heck represents you. You'd be surprised if people have absolutely no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that, understanding who it is <clears throat> is reaching out to them. Yep. 
um, when I decided I wanted to get involved just as a person, as a, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I did? I found out who my elected council person was and I went over there and tried to engage it. Like, what do you need help on? What, mm-hmm. what, I got a problem with this. Or I just shoot mm-hmm. an email in, but not like an overbearing, because yep. we, we all know that person, right? Yes. Who it doesn't matter what the issue is, sends in the canned response yes. saying, you stink, Brock House. You're absolutely yes. horrible. You're the devil. That, that you, you get those. But I'm talking about finding out really mm-hmm. um, who your elected official is. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I, these things, we always advise people to do this, but mm-hmm. nobody ever does it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and when somebody would come visit me, mm-hmm. it was, I immediately put him on a board or commission. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that, the elected officials are that desperate for the yes. help. Yes, So you are going to have a level of success. Because look, you're not going to quit your job and go work in a council office. You're not going to quit your job and go run for a yep. political office or help a political campaign. Yep. But you can sit on a board or commission. But yep. even then, you could send an email, make a phone call into the yep. office. Yep. Um, I've, I've, obviously, the, the pinnacle of that is get out and vote. But yes. we're all suffering with that. Yep. But we suffer with that because we hate our elected officials. Let's be honest here. Nobody likes politicians mm-hmm. so we always get pissed off and say oh man it's the voters fault they're disengaged they suck they're terrible Ah, oh, man i don't buy that for a minute it's bad politics is what's mm-hmm. putting people on the sidelines mm-hmm. right so i think if you engage it you're going to find success mm-hmm. so the beauty of showing up in the in the in the electoral fight as a citizen who just wants to get involved yeah the minute you dip your toe in the water you're going to get more so you can go as far into it as you want. Maybe you sit on a board or, or, mm-hmm. or do something from a zoning perspective. Or yep. Usually what happens is people get pissed off when they come and try to build something in their neighborhood, and that's when they get engaged, yep. when it's too late. Yep. We had a big debate uh, five years ago about non-discrimination ordinances in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and people come came to visit me and said, how, how do we fight this? I said, you, fought, you should have fought this five years ago. Mm-hmm four years ago you've mm-hmm. already lost mm-hmm. i mean your your position of not having a non-discrimination ordinance that's getting voted on in one month yeah you're done what do you mean i mean we can pack the council offices we can stop this i'm like no you can't yeah you didn't recognize the seedling that was planted and then you didn't do anything about it two years ago by electing different people so yep. you've already lost yeah we're gonna have five thousand people down there ten thousand people down there mm-hmm. it's not gonna change yeah and they came downtown and they spoke at citizens to be heard till 3 a.m. in the morning, and the council voted unanimously to do, implement the the, yeah, yep. the non-discrimination. Well, no, it was nine to two, something like yeah, that. Not, yeah, not, something like that. Right? Two people voted against it, but but the point is that the the, the votes and and you could have known that these two or three people might vote yeah, against yeah, it. These the, people are going to vote for it. Was it. Over. It's the votes already cast. You're not moving these people. So this is people been in, get then they quit. I'm like, well, the answer wasn't the last minute yep. show up because yes. Walmart's about to build next to your house next week. And you and I know so many people who engage in politics. It shows up in their backyard. They engage. They don't win. And then they walk away. They pull the ripcord rip out. out. And we do a lot of candidates like that, too. They have never done anything. They show up. They go, I want to run for office. They run for office. That's a good point. They lose. And then you go, okay, uh, I'm going to go home. They had much. They had their chance to get me, you know. And then they might not do anything, and they might show up in four years and go, "I'm running for office again." And you go, "Wait a second, what were you doing in between? That's a, Why were you man, not engaged you, in that process?" You hit the nail on the head. We should have mentioned that earlier about yeah. what people got to do to get engaged. Yeah, don't show up on yep. at, at, when it's time to file. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yep. where have you been? Yep. I, and when a candidate comes to me and says, "Hey, man, I'm thinking about running," and I'm like, "For what?" Well, city council uh, elections in four months. Mm-hmm. You, well, I'm thinking about filing for it next week. Well, what have you done? Mm-hmm. I've never seen you. Yep. And then when you get when you are seen, do you then turn around and get into the into the argument, right? 
And do you, are you showing up at neighborhood meetings? Are you walking yep. doors? Are you, I mean, are you doing something so people know who the heck you are? Right? Like you just don't pop out of nowhere. So yep. that's a great point, man. And then if you do lose, don't quit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, I lost the mayor's race. It, it stings me every day. You lost right? your first council race. I, I, and I came back. And, and then you oh, ran away with it. Oh, and I, I, I ran away with it in a 56% Democratic district. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I won in a heavily Democratic mm-hmm. district. Why? Because the ideas mattered. Yes. And I didn't get so ideologue about it that I, I pissed everybody off. Mm-hmm. You got to know where you're running, too. Yep. You got to know who you're running against. You gotta but know. you also didn't not do anything and show up four years later when you a councilman, right? You said, My, I'm going to be in this community. I'm going to be involved in this area. I'm going to get to know the HOA presidents. I'm going to understand the, I'm going to build yep. my roots here so that four years, if I still want to do this. And here's the nice thing. You win either way. I mean, meaning more of us need to be doing more of that within cities. And then whether or not you run or somebody else runs, that's going to start building the, the foundation. Yes. Now they can also, I will say, if somebody's in San Antonio, they want to know more about what's going on in the city. They want to stay more active, engaged. They can follow your show. Is that also yeah? I have correct? a I have a podcast, so my mayoral defeat. You need to do a better in. job. Like that should have been the third point. You should have been like <laughs> that's why point I'm, three that's, is uh, the broadcast. Point, point one know? is before I talk. So I'm like, <laughs> I have a broadcast. Uh, no, I I converted to my you know. Um, a lot of what I did as yep. a candidate yep. and then um, as an elected official, I converted it into a podcast. It's called The Broadcast. Um, and it, one of the fun things we did when I was elected was everything we could attach my name Brockhouse to yes. Brock, we yes. adopted it, right? Yep. Instead of block walking, it yeah. was Brock walking. Yeah, Brock the vote. <laughs> yeah, Brock the vote. It became ridiculous and it was so much fun, but at the end of the day, it stuck in people's minds. Right? Yes. So it was, it was yes. a good marketing tool. Absolutely. Uh, but no, we started a podcast and we talk about um, all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, what's freaking me out about it is it's resonating with people yep. like, and it's, it's pretty cool, too, because you get to be a bit unleashed. Yes. Like, when you're elected, you're like, well, if I say that, I'm going to piss off 18.2% of the city. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I need 197 and I yeah. got to be very careful over here, and I don't want to piss this person off. And yep. Nah, man, I just sit there and talk about, like, uh, two weeks ago, we had Mike Mahalski, a guy that runs, that owns uh, Sons of Liberty Gunworks. Okay. We're talking about gun buybacks in the city. We brought him on, and it was a fantastic mm-hmm. conversation, man. Mm-hmm. And he's a Second Amendment guy. Uh, knows everybody from Dan Crenshaw up in Dallas all mm-hmm. the way down to our local uh, elected officials in San Antonio. Um, met him through the gov- through the mayoral race, mm-hmm. and I brought him on because he said, um, you know, I never cared about local politics ever. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I don't even care. Yep. Until I saw or they did something to me, and now this guy's active and all in it. And he, I brought him on the show, and we had that conversation. And I bring candidates on, and, mm-hmm. and uh, just follow us. We do it every Tuesday night at nine o'clock. We're probably okay. gonna move it a little earlier to grow yep. it some more. I think yep. nine o'clock is probably a little, a little bit late. late, so we're gonna move it a little bit earlier. But um, we have fun on it too. Yep. We start off with fun stories, and we close with fun items. You know, things mm-hmm. that are humorous in, mm-hmm. in today's world. Uh, but in the middle, we talk about everything from homeless situations, homeless initiatives, uh, gun buybacks, mm-hmm. crime, uh, yep. the sheriff's office, you name it, right? Yep. Needle exchange program. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, climate action, transportation. We talk about the issues um, and we bring people on. We have a good yep. time with so it. So people can find that on Facebook. It's right? on Pick- Facebook. Um, the broadcast is the name of it. And, okay. um, and then we're streaming live on YouTube and Twitter as well. Yep. Same name. Uh, but uh, Facebook catches it, and it's a, we go for about an hour, yep, uh, and hour and ten minutes, and uh, we have a good old time with it. So thank you for that. So I want to end, uh, like, kind of taking the politics out of it. Just you and I both care about the city. A lot of my family lives in the city. I might 
move into San Antonio here in the next year or so. Um, and you know, I've got a lot of connections there, some rental properties there. And you of course have deep roots within that city. Where, where do you see what exciting stuff is happening just within the city? Like I said, take the politics out of it. Just let's talk about San Antonio, the growth that's happening here, kind of the 35 corridor and the development and well, and, what I love about know, positive. Yeah. You know, what I love about San Antonio is, um, we're successful no matter who the ridiculous elected officials are, yeah. <laughs> like it no matter yeah. who the mayor is, San Antonio is resilient like that. We yep. just keep going. Yep. Um, and we're growing in different in in different ways. So what I like about San Antonio, the basic stuff, uh, you know, the transportation is fantastic. We move through it quickly. We don't have a lot of problems with traffic congestion. No, compared um, to the rest our, of the jobs, st- nation, our employment, the state. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our employment is excellent. It's got nothing mm-hmm. to do with what the city council is doing. Yep. Uh, I, I had no effect on the employment rate. But look, jobs and opportunity yep. down there are huge. We've got a great biotech sector. We're doing mm-hmm. really good with things like Brooks City Base, mm-hmm. which is a... Uh, someone took the old Brooks Air Force Base. We've managed in San Antonio to, to reposition, uh, close down military installations into really massive... Uh, nodes of imp- of like tech biotech. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a lot of work with uh, transportation at Port San Antonio. Mm-hmm. We got a rail yard down there. They're, they're actually moving themselves into. They they fix Air Force One down there for Pete's sakes. Mm-hmm. Boeing's a huge tenant down there. Aerospace is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got these these really differing ways. What I love about yeah. San Antonio is it's a lot of different communities and yep. the biggest small town yep. you're ever going to encounter. Um, even in the, in my area where I live at, you know, in the SeaWorld area, they're bringing multi, tens of millions of dollars of development are coming into my area where mm-hmm. I used to represent over there uh, because people are recognizing how you create walkable, livable communities. Mm-hmm. So we've got a massive $300 million investment coming off of a, one of a Petranco Road and 410 mm. area. But that's happening all over the city. Yep. Uh, downtown's starting to spark up really mm-hmm. good as well. We make fun a little bit earlier about the housing situation. Yep. That's probably the biggest problem. Yep. But the downtown is growing. Had the first uh, Frost Tower opened up down there. First yep. change in the San Antonio skyline yep. in, I think, 50 years. <laughs> yes, right? a very but, long time. But uh, I think that's fantastic. And look, the, it, San Antonio um, is, is truly unlike any other city in the mm-hmm. state. Um, in so much as that it is a still a family-oriented, feeling community yep. rooted in faith, right? Founded on faith. That's what I, I really mm-hmm. love about it. It's a big component of San Antonio. Yep. And that, and that's huge as well. And, and and I think also, you know, look, we're redesigning the Alamo. That ticked a lot of people off. I'm sorry yep. if I had to mention that one. Uh, but there's a lot of investment going into really creating uh, San Antonio from a cultural heritage mm-hmm. perspective. And I think that's that's huge and good for all of us. Uh, there are things we need to get better at, just mm-hmm. like every city. I mean, we need yep. to figure out our airport. Uh, we've got issues with some climate action plans. I've got some bad politics and things going on. But... You know, we'll always figure those things out. Yep. San Antonio rebounds, and that's why I love it. And, and absolutely fantastic. And story. like you said, these things are uh, these are not credited to any polit- politicians. Didn't create the reality that San Antonio is a really big city that feels like a really small town, right? And yeah, uh, so no. and we were, you know, there, it was way back politicians that decided to build the 410 and the 1604 loop and other stuff like that that make the transportation and moving to and from all sorts of areas much less difficult than it is i mean i was in dallas on tuesday in houston on third yesterday yeah good luck and uh goodness gracious you know you look at the cities and you go who designed these major nobody was san antonio was seventh largest city in the nation and nobody would have the slightest clue no so Um, so that's a blessing and i think it also goes back to what you untap you know uncovered which is the fact that these people are not like some of the other urban centers and there is a huge opportunity that exists because of that kind of cultural reality of where san antonio is and don't forget 
and I stress this as we wrap up here, our communities are not as bad as the progressive liberal would have you believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not. And that lack of belief, the need to want to change our cities, right? To socially mm-hmm. re-engineer our communities because mm-hmm. we're racist, we're out of control, we're all these things, we don't care about people. That's the win for us because mm-hmm. the, the truth is about Texas and our big cities is that people love them. Mm-hmm. And people are happy where they're at, and they do love San Antonio, and they don't want to change themselves drastically. They just want to get better at what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. They don't need to turn ourselves into something we're not. And I think that is what I love about San Antonio. We don't need to be Austin, um, although our leadership may want to be right. Austin or Portland. It doesn't resonate. So yep. we're never as bad as that as that progressive would have you believe. Mm-hmm. And and I hate to close on a hard political point, but yeah, that's the truth. Absolutely, we are we are a fantastic community who's got a lot of great things going for it, and we're not some racist community that's lived in a legacy of hate for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And you got to fix these things and reparations and all sort of other stuff. It's not San Antonio, no, and that's why I love it. And frankly, it's not Texas. Mm. Um, it's just you know we need to get there and make sure that message gets out there, just how great we are. And that exceptionalism is a good conversation to have. Absolutely. And the other side hates it yep. because it doesn't fit in their narrative. So That's it's a right. good spot to always land on. Yep. Just talk about how good we really are. Absolutely. Greg, thank you for jumping in the fray, uh, not only uh, back when you began, but also your willingness to jump in on the mayoral race. Thank you for even being a voice that's encouraging conservatives to not go down the path and don't play in the sandbox of who, what the enemy wants us to say and the arguments they want us to have, but actually defining our own narratives. And I think if that message alone can get to conservative-minded Texans all across the state, we really can build a message that will resonate because we are the vast majority of Texans. And it's just a matter of whether or not we're going to let them decide what our debate is for the next year or whether we're going to define it. And you've been a voice that's really pushed us in the right direction. So I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for you coming uh, and joining us today. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Again, I hope y'all really enjoyed that conversation. Um, There's not much more that needs to be said other than just to remind you to please consider just subscribing to any of the channels where you're listening to this on. It makes sure that our content gets to you on a weekly basis as we put it out. I'd also encourage you to engage further within the conservative movement. If you're somebody who's been listening to this and not taking action in some way, find an organization that you like, um, you know, donate to a candidate that you think you believe in. Uh, Go meet your local officials and start asking them what principles of liberty they're trying to advance and how they're doing it. Um, We are actually putting together a list that will be available on lupemacias.com here shortly, uh, which you can download just 10 easy steps to engage further um, and try to defend liberty here in Texas. So we'll be putting that out here shortly and we'll let you know when it's available. But I do want to encourage you to just think about doing more than just engaging in the content. I know some of you are really busy with your life, but there are small ways that you can try to impact the process more. And like I said, I'll be releasing um, a list here shortly. Um, Guys, thank you so much for the encouragement. Uh, I hope y'all realize how much your words matter to me um, at the end of the day. I wish they didn't sometimes, but they do. Uh, It really is encouraging when people send notes about listening to the podcast and how much they learned or how much it encouraged them or the fact that they shared it with other people in Texas who care about these issues as well. So please consider doing that. Please consider, uh, again, subscribing on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. It just makes sure that the content gets to you quickly as soon as we release it. And also leave a review. Um, Those of you who have, thank you so much. For those of you who haven't, come on, step it up. 
let's do it. Um, but it just makes our podcast more readily available for people who are searching for this kind of content on Apple Podcasts, on any of these platforms. The more you subscribe, the more you review, um, it just gets our podcast further up within the different search engines. So we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.